Welcome to the Just Josh Podcast. Who the fuck is this guy? Hey, who the fuck are you? Huh? Who the fuck are you? This whole thing is a little weird. Ah, never yet fear, laddie box. Eager Kings, what's going on? What's up, what up, what up? What's up, Russ, Chris? It's been a while, guys. Yeah, it has been. Last time we saw you was we were at your house. You know what's so funny? That was another story I was going to bring up the one time you guys. Uh, so I guess that was the Ballyhoo show, and you guys were recording some music with the guys, right? Oh, yeah. And I had, yeah, yeah. I had no idea that you guys were in town. So Chris comes up to me at the show. And I might have blown you off, like, completely, kind of, like, because I, I just didn't put two and two together, like, I, because you guys are in Ohio, and I was like, wait, why are they here? Like, there's no way that's him. And then as soon as I walked away, I was like, oh, my God, that was Chris. <laughs> I went back, and I was like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> was that some of the music? Was that some of the stuff that you're releasing now um, that you were working on with them? Yeah, it totally is, dude. Totally is. That's exactly what we're releasing. Uh, you know, everything that we've released off of uh, Meager Kings was done in that time period that we were all out there doing that thing, uh, you know, and ran into you. Yeah. And then you guys ended up staying the night. That was a lot of fun. I always have a good time with you guys. And uh, uh, it was the... great. You actually you actually helped us out quite a bit that night. Um, I think, Russ, we didn't really have a place to go. I think we were like talking about what driving back all the way. Yeah, to... we were either going to drive back or we going to. I was going to force you to sleep in the car, which is horrible. <laughs> and the uh, the because uh, I'm that kind of guy that'll do that. <laughs> and the uh, but uh, yeah, man, it was a good it was a good save. I remember the great big breakfast in the morning too. Oh, like yeah. totally, totally like bellied up in the morning. Was it biscuits and gravy? I don't remember. What yeah, I think we probably had some that. biscuits and gravy and stuff like that. Yeah, if a guest ever stays or if bands come in town, I always try and take care of them, give them at least you know a warm meal or something like that if possible. For the longest Definitely time, I thought we were in Ohio there. Like I, that's how like the kind of night that I had that night. Oh, I woke wow. up and I never realized that we weren't in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I said for that fact. I mean, I I mean we were. I'm trying to think of what show that was. I think. Wasn't that the show that was like right in your guys' backyard, right there in uh somewhere in Maryland? It was uh yeah. what, didn't Brandon play yeah. it that night too? Was it was, was it, it Annapolis? Yeah, it was yeah, Ballyhoo yeah. and uh I forget what it's called, but uh it just closed down unfortunately. Oh wow because dude. of COVID, yeah. Now they have other locations that I think they kept open, but that specific one, it was that Irish bar. Um, and I'm totally blanking on the name, so I feel bad. Yeah, I don't remember it either, but I remember they had just redone that place. Yeah. When we, had, when we had gotten in there, like they had just redone the whole building for shows and stuff like that. Right. They updated the sound system. They changed the stage up oh, a little bit so and nice. stuff. Yeah, that kind of sucks. That now. Oh, you know, know what, too? That's actually the first. That's that's how we, uh, obviously, we've, we've had a long history with Brandon Hardesty from Bumpin' Uglies, but that was the night that we actually talked about um, – bringing him onto one of those shows, I think. Oh, for your time. tour de vore? Mm-hmm. Because he yeah, had cause popped he out on... In Baltimore. Yeah, he ended up popping out with us after that. 
So, uh, since they're speaking about that, you guys um, run Dirty Wax Entertainment, and uh, you guys do a lot of tours. The acoustic tours are really cool. You get uh, you have Jason DeVore, Howie. You've had a, but multiple artists on there. Talk a little bit about how that kind kind of came about, and even some of the struggles because it's not easy putting together a tour. I don't think a lot of people realize, even maybe a smaller tour like that, how how much goes into it. Oh yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, there's quite a bit on the functionality side that for a small tour like that, there's quite a bit that goes into that. You know, Russ and I have a lot of discussions and a lot of obviously with every tour you're pre-planning, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes with you know, in the beginning when we, Russ and I were doing these tours, we didn't get much pre-planning because we were trying to, you know, run and gun. So getting a lot of the artists that we got, you know, that we have obtained to work with was a great uh, product of what Russ and I had spoke about with doing these Latour divorce. So leading into that, I'll let Russ take that because, uh, you know, he was very involved with speaking with Jason about the very first one and the yeah. ideas to what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a, uh, it was kind of a, you know, obviously we've uh, been fans. Jason's a brother, my brother-in-law and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and I kind of had, was talking to Chris about, you know, because Chris was a big Authority Zero fan. He had had a big, uh, a big cool connection with Jason back in New York, wasn't it, Chris? Yeah, like, like way, way back in the day, like probably. Back in the day sort of stuff. So. Like 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. And uh, we were kicking around ideas of how to get on the road and who to get on the road with and. And we were talking about, you know, uh, we hadn't quite put together Meteor Kings as a band yet. So, you know, at that point, Meteor Kings was, you know, was, uh, hadn't really even come to full mm -hmm. ideas. And um, and so we were trying to get on and do an acoustic tours. And I just happened to talk to Jason, which I had bugged him for a, a decade or more to be like, yo, bro, I'm really trying to at this music thing. Like one of these days, like, we'll have to go on tour. And finally, uh, he was I, he says, well, what do you think about, you know, yeah, actually, I guess I, I bugged him once again at a Christmas dinner. Mm -hmm. It was like uh, something like that. And he, um, so what do you really think about doing this? And, and he's like, oh, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it sometime. I was like, no, seriously, like, give me three weeks and we'll figure this thing out. And, uh, and he was like, all right, I'll give you three weeks. And eventually uh, uh, he came back with a schedule and it was like six weeks from go time or something like that. Wow. Wasn't it, Chris? It, I was like, it probably wasn't even, yeah, you know, it wasn't I don't even, even know that if it was, much it was a, time. Maybe about, maybe six weeks out from the first show that we ended up booking out on the first Latour de Boer, which wow. uh, came all the way down the East Coast and into Florida, uh, you know, and, and hit, I want to, did that one hit back Indiana? To, that's too? the one, that's Indiana. the one we went back to Ohio with. Yeah. So, um, but the, uh, but it all, it kind of, kind of took off uh, on the ideas that, you know, we wanted to share stages with uh, other artists and, uh, you know, artists that had notable names and things to maybe help us uh, grow our fan base and stuff. And that's exactly what we did. And mm -hmm. it really helped out. And um, I'm trying to remember who all was on that first tour. Was it just Jason and us? <coughs> it was, uh, and, yeah, it was and you, then, Jason, And then we were picking myself. up a local, uh, local artists uh, right. that, uh, that were connected in with Jason uh, at each stop so we would you know we had basically a featured act uh, and a headlining act and then we were picking up the locals to kind of start the shows off uh, for us and stuff and lo and behold man it was actually a baltimore's um tin roof uh, yeah bit. i came, I came to that show did you i think so oh, yeah, but maybe i'm thinking of the second time because howie was there with jason so was that the second tour yeah yeah i believe yeah, so i think it was because tour howie howie came in on a couple of stops there was that then or that it was the second tour when how he came through it's hard for me to remember because now we've done five of these things i know it's yeah. grown so much man you guys really have taken that to something that can be an annual thing 
Oh, we really yeah. haven't. Actually, we've, we've done it multiple times in a year, too, because we're covering different parts of the United States, and we'll right. do legs of it, and, you know, and give it, a, give it a whole theme and all that sort of stuff. But Jason was down to do it. Uh, we put it all together, and then, uh, and then his, his artist buddies and our artist buddies, everybody starts talking and, and seeing that it was a whole lot of fun and it was lucrative. But there's a lot, like you were, uh, get back to your point on, on the work involved in all that. Mm-hmm. Email after email, phone call after phone call. Let's talk about guarantees. You know, let's talk about taking that guarantee away. And, and uh, well, I don't know if we really want to do it on a Sunday now and all kinds of, like all the, all the stuff that comes at mm-hmm. you. And, and at, the, at the whole time, you know, you're, you've made financial promises to the artists involved. You've you got to cover yep. um, the finances on, you know, a van. Uh, we rented the vans and stuff. And, and like just the overall, like we really did, uh, we talked about touring and talked about touring. And Chris has a lot of experience with other, other bands he worked with and touring and things and had a lot of knowledge in that zone. And I had, I had knowledge in like uh, more of the bar show touring or like kind of menu venue kind of touring where you just mm-hmm. go out and you'd sit in Siesta Key for two weeks and play the same spot. It wasn't necessarily going, uh, you know, 200 miles every single day to some other place, you know. And um, so uh, all, all that work definitely was extremely overwhelming and, and we hadn't really planned on it. Uh, we planned on the ideas of it. And then Jason was like, well, this is my only window in this entire year. You get these three weeks to make mm-hmm. something happen. And we tried to make as much as we could have, could have happen there. And, you know, I forget, we covered like 3,800 miles or something crazy. I mean, um, we're, we're pretty, you know, we've been pretty successful as far as uh, routing and shows are concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, we- you know, granted, you know, we're not out there making a million dollars, but we're also, you know, do first off, we're doing what we love. Second off, you know, everybody's working pretty hard to keep a balance. So it's mm-hmm. worked out great. So, you know, picking up those shows and running through the gauntlet, I mean, we're doing almost the first tour alone. I remember we did almost 12 to what, 12 to 15 shows in was, a matter of I think of it was 11 weeks. shows in 12 days. That's crazy. That, that might have been we, another one, but I know we did like 12. It's hard for me to keep them all together. Yeah, yeah. We, I know we did like 12 or 13 shows regardless in the first tour. So, I mean, with the time frames of the tours that we do with the, the Tour de Vores, like, it's jam-packed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nonstop. So, I mean, we're definitely day to day to day to day to day. And, you know, and that's for the sake of being on the road and touring. Obviously, we don't ever want to take a day off because, for one, we don't want to waste anybody's time. But, um, you know, two, keeping everybody constantly busy every day on those tours is a main importance for us to keep, you know, true to obviously working every day, but also it's, it's great to be able to keep practicing and being able to work every day like that. So you know quite a bit about it. Yeah, you, know, you definitely know quite a bit about it with running with the Valley Hoop Boys. You know, they, it's kind of a running joke that they are like the tour college because a lot of a lot of people that are in the industry that have done sound or merch or TM whatever have gone through Ballyhoo and then worked their way up and 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 gone with other bands. So, you know, I, I just I I try not to talk about Ballyhoo too much on here because I would talk about them all the time. <laughs> But uh, I I can never say enough how much those guys you know I'll, I'll agree with you done, like they are a know? good they are a good strong uh, leader base to all of us Indians that are out here mm-hmm. you know shooting arrows so yeah. you know with that being said it's like you know you got to run and gun when the times are right and when things are going well you just got to keep putting the work in so work's justified to everybody by being seen mm-hmm. so when the work is when the work is good and everybody's on balance and working well together as a team, it's, you know, all that stuff works well for everybody. So I, 
pay a focus to that when I see that kind of development for all of us. And I mean all of us as in like the other bands that have gotten, you know, justifiable help from, you know, the leaders out there in the pack bringing yep. everybody up. So it's, it is very fortunate, you know, to be involved like that. So I was pretty good about knowing the business, but just as a manager too, being, being able to go on the tour side of things and live the life, I think gives me a whole different perspective than another manager that maybe never went on tour or has oh, never had to do the grind. Whole new world of things. I agree with yeah. you there. Completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. It really, is just a whole other world that people don't understand. When, even when it comes to managers, and because mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, talking to people that are trying to manage music and you know whatever your level, I just think some people need to understand what their what their level is, like you know how far they're they're along into it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you get local music managers and bookers and all that. And then you have the national guys and international guys. And there's a whole other world when it comes to touring. A touring manager is yep. not is not the same as, as your business manager. You know, right. mm-hmm. they can be the same person, but they're two different jobs. Oh, yeah. Cool. I just think sometimes managers, maybe they're too focused on the bottom line and they don't see all the other things. So me going through and then seeing, oh, man, you know, this is a grind. This is going to be a grind. Now, sometimes you got to do the grind schedule. It's just how it works yeah. out. It's how it, you know, you can book the different shows. I was talking to uh, Snacks from Red Gold Green came on earlier this season, and he told me, you know, we've had people offered up to come on the tour for free or do whatever, but then it comes back to, like, personnel. Like, do we really want to be on the road with this guy for, like, three weeks? You know? Right. It can be such a different thing. He's willing to do it for free. Um, you just never, like you doing. said. Right, exactly. <laughs> you just never know. I mean, going back to the Tour de Vore, that's a really strong reason why our stuff started getting better, um, you know, working with Jason and Krista Mix and, you know, Howie, you know, particularly Howie, Viva. definitely, you know, bringing him back up. He's really helped us, you know, get a direction on conversations, get a direction on what exactly needs to be laid out. And the main point of what needs to be laid out is definitely um, something to pay focus on, because if you miss one of those things, you want to make everybody happy. So having that extra, you know, that extra help and the brain on that stuff really is efficient. It, it really helps out a lot. So it's like, yes, yeah, so that's going back to it. That's why those tours got a lot better. That's why the tours got stronger. You know, we started getting the extra, you know, identified thought and opinions towards, hey, do it this way and make this better, you know. And, and like I said, if it wasn't for those guys and or paying minds to it, I don't know if we would ever have stepped over the hurdle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So being able to catch that box and jump in the hurdle and taking the identified, you know, opinion and help really, that's how those tours got a lot stronger because those guys paid minds to. Not only have they helped you a lot uh, as far as advice and just being great mentors, they also do a lot and help with uh, your band, Meager Kings. And you guys have, uh, is, is mind over matter. Is that the newest single that you guys have out? Actually we're apathy nation. We just released that one. Okay. Um, and that one did, that did, has done better than any of the other singles so far. Mm. Um, Apathy's, um, I didn't look at the numbers, but we're, we're like over 9,000, almost to 10K on yeah. streams on Apathy. Wow. Yeah, we, a- Apathy, Apathy right now is at like 9,136 streams. That's great. Which has been done now within a matter of nine, eight, nine days. Congratulations. I like that. That's great. appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, I I don't actually, you know, I feel bad now because I don't think I've actually heard this one. I did hear Mind Over Matter and the other ones. Can we play a couple seconds of this and and, uh, put it out there for the the people?
for me, dude, this brings it back to like the clash and like, you know, old school punk, some of the European punk and just, just the great music where it wasn't necessarily always about the most production or the most whatever. It's about the feel and the mm -hmm. sound. And you got Nick and Donald on here. I feel, I really feel like you couldn't have gotten a better duo to kind of add to the bass and the drums and stuff. Agreed yeah, I definitely, that, yeah, I definitely say that we got very fortunate when we produced this first album with, you know, Howie and Donald and all and, and the, the camp from Ballyhoo, we got very fortunate, which obviously, you know, that stemmed from our work with Howie on Latour Tour de three, you know, building into four and five as we moved along. Um, so being able to take that from that perspective and then going into the studio and being able to start working with Russ on the acoustic side of it. And then it just, you know, obviously it started building into what it, had become so having donald and you know obviously nick alone was a, a godsend it really developed the music into because like i said we spent a couple of years trying to develop this first album and you know it didn't come out the first time around like russ and i was expecting mm -hmm. the sound to be so you know i wanted to take the next step up for him and myself and try to really get it into somebody's hands that was going to turn it into that that rock, that punk rock sound, that style of what Russ and I are used to listening to growing up, you know, so there's a lot of odes in there to a lot of, you know, 80s and 90s, like, you know, punk bands and even modern punk and not even just punk, you got the pop rock in there, you got the mm -hmm. pop punk in there, you got the post rock, and then you got a lot of, like, you know, there's, there's guitar riffs in there and stuff that take you back to, like, styles of, like, the early 90s, like, when grunge was still around, so... You know, being able to keep it simple and not so detailed has been something that has worked out for Russ and I so far with the music because it is about the feel. Mm -hmm. Russ writes a lot of feel-good lyrics. And so the music, you know, between what he does on his personal Russ Baum craft with the acoustic to what he does and with, with what him and I do in the derivative of the, the full band, you know, being able to keep the styles of what we like into the genres of that music and keeping it simple is definitely a, a mainstay for what Russ and I are throwing out there to the people. Yeah. I mean, that's a, let's see, you know, I, I obviously have, thanks for the compliments, Chris. I appreciate what you're, you're saying. Very welcome, about songwriting. Russ. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's a, it's pretty wild. I mean, Meager Kings was uh, just really a, 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 because this is our, you didn't mention this, but it was, it was our third attempt uh, to create this album. Wow. Uh, kind of being the final attempt. And each attempt took over a year, um, to, you know, to get from beginning to concept. To, we, we had completed this entire album in about like a 14, 15 month period with a different producer. And we had brought it on tour with us uh, on the Tour de Bois 3. And we weren't, we were feeling it. We thought, and we still liked the music and we still feel the music, but it wasn't quite where we needed. Mm -hmm. And that's actually how uh, the conversation came about because we played it in the, in the tour van like 4 a.m. in the morning. Everybody's asleep. Howie's up front. And I think Chris threw it on and was like, here's the, here's our music. Like, what do you think? I don't know if we're quite there yet with it and how he heard it. And he's like, he's like, let me have this. He's like, I really like this, but we need to make it different and better than what you guys got. You guys got something yeah. good here. And that really initiated that whole conversation. And once again, another Ballyhoo university moment <laughs> of all that, you know? Right. So the, uh, but it was, but, and, but man, and, and we, we got in the studio and we, and we had, had a, a few artists, like a few uh, drummers, a few bass players that uh, that we were getting along with and knew. And then 
and we were trying to make like have kind of a really a thrown together band that at this point was just going to still be this bomb in the band mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and uh and once we got out to baltimore and started really developing and and all of our musicians actually end up falling through for one reason or another um and howie was like well we're here um i'll call donald and nick see if they're in and they were in and that was it you know I feel bad we didn't reach out to Scott. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you know or how he laid down some keyboards in uh, Mind Over Matter, and I, right. I, you know, it was like, you know, we're missing one piece. <laughs> did, <laughs> you know. did you guys also get Jr. on some of your songs? Yeah, 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 yeah. dude, yeah, we did. He's so we got which was, OG. That was that was pretty cool too because uh, he was actually the first one that came into the studio, and we kind of brought him back out of the, uh, you know, we brought him out of the the woodwork. Brought yeah. him out of the closet. Mm -hmm. Brought him back out to you know dust the dustiness off his fingers, and he enjoyed it. We loved it. He did great, and he went in there and laid down. I think what did he do? Two or three of those Holy songs. Ghost. Holy Ghost, and I think Deja Vu, maybe. There maybe. was one more, I think. and then yeah. it was uh, uh, Cannonball. Yep. He is the reason I got into Ballyhoo. I mean, he is. Uh, one an incredible incredible bass player i mean there really isn't anyone better and yeah. uh i think nick was telling me that for a while he was playing drums for a band and i'm like and he was like dude does this band know that you're an amazing bass player <laughs> you know too he's just so talented and such a sweetheart and and really i miss seeing yeah. him you know around as much but uh you know yeah you know it was it was really great being able to get him out and get him and nick you know in, in on this project together as you know bass players we, we tried to work with a couple of different guys to find the parts for it and you know it just always kind of fell through so we we're very fortunate and happy that you know this worked out great and you know getting them on those tunes uh, their their style of music really helped us build what we were aiming for yeah you, know, you got like run. jr who can pretty much play a lot of different styles and you got nick who's just great at the punk and the and he can also mm -hmm. i mean they're both just incredible oh, bass players when it, i mean yeah. nick sits yeah. there and practices all day every day whereas you get a lot of musicians that won't take the time to do that you know right. um switching gears a little bit uh because i don't get to talk about this this much but i think i, I assume that you guys are you guys browns fans you guys, Ohio fans. You oh, guys, big yeah. football fans. Uh, you, got, you got this guy right here from Ohio. Yeah, I'm a Colts guy. A I'm, Colts I'm guy. In Indiana. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Um. Well, Colts and in now. Well, I guess this kind of sucks now because I don't want to bum one of you out. Did the uh -oh. Colts make it in to the playoffs now? Or you know what? No, because they, of the well, Browns. I thought they did. Yeah. So they I had think to I, win. They had to win this last weekend. I'm not. I can't remember if they ended up winning or not. They were. They were played the Bills, didn't they? Yeah, they won. They ended up winning. Did they beat the Bills? I, I believe they won. I don't know. I'm gonna check this shows what kind of fan I am. I yeah. <laughs> I'm going to check it real quick because hopefully. I think I believe they won that game because the Browns ended up winning this this last weekend too. But unfortunately now we have to go back and play Pittsburgh. You are. This weekend. Yeah, We're which in? is insane. Yeah, so now both of you. So both. Okay, we can talk about this because wow. the Colts made the playoffs and the Cleveland Browns made the playoffs. So congratulations yeah. to you both. <laughs> I'm Finally. Yeah, and I'm a big Ravens fan, obviously. So there's been a lot of controversy, not controversy, but there's there's a good rivalry going now. I really think the Browns, now that they're kind of at the same level going forward, we can have like that kind of Pittsburgh Ravens rivalry oh, yeah. that we've never had, you know? Oh, for sure. Like I said, I, I watched Baltimore too. I mean, like Baltimore was a killer team this year. 
like I said, I had Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team. I said he had his ups and downs. Oh, Unfortunately, my I had to play Aaron Rodgers sometimes over him. <laughs> but no, yeah, you're right, though. I'm like between Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and the Browns now. Now you got a three triangle clash going on into this next like playoff round. For us, it's going to be crazy because this whole week's like we, Ohio had a big week this this week. So it was like, you know, you had the Buckeyes win mm-hmm. their their game. Now, hopefully, we win the national championship there. And the Browns got into the playoffs, which is the first time in a very long time. And to be honest with you, they have a very, very good chance of uh, beating the Steelers because I feel like the Steelers have been slowly going downhill and losing a lot of games, yeah. and the Browns have slowly been picking up pace and kind of hitting their stride. So, mm-hmm. and then no, I the- agree. Like uh, the Steelers, like you know Ben Roethlisberger and their their whole core, their last three or four games have been pretty difficult for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, going with the Browns, their running back core has been unbelievably <sighs> ridiculous. So. It didn't help us what, two weeks ago that we lost our whole wide receiver core to COVID. Mm. <laughs> but then, you know, obviously Jarvis got back this week and took it to the house. So, yep. yeah, man, hopefully we end up blowing it out because, like I said, it's ex- it is, it's an exciting thing for Ohio because now we finally got some, some shit up in that fucking playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's so a funny. Because dog pound. I, I feel like it's you so funny so funny because i think these three teams the colts the browns and the ravens are connected more than people realize so back in the day oh yeah obviously the baltimore colts and yeah. uh ursa and stuff they literally up didn't tell anyone up and left yeah. in the middle of the night which dirty. is crazy like dirty move such a dirty move <laughs> but it's funny how how there's different perspectives because so baltimore obviously got upset because we thought we got done dirty which we did and and a lot of it had to do with like dc and washington not wanting us to have a team either because it takes away from the redskins and stuff like that so they wanted to be the regional team so not only did we get our team taken away in the middle of the night we didn't get another team for over 10 years now then so then they brought the browns from the browns yeah i was gonna say until you until the browns decided got, to take out and go right. back to your backyard yeah That's so, so then the browns went through the same thing the ravens went through by us taking their that? team yeah and <laughs> but here's the difference i always say to browns fans just from my perspective and this is just my perspective i know art modell did want to try to stay he did everything he did tried to stay, but then when it wasn't working out, like you either blow your business and, and go broke or you move. So I under I kind of understand, whereas Ursay just didn't give a fuck. He was like, fuck Baltimore. We hate Baltimore. Let's get out. Going to, I going know to Art did want to stay, and you guys were lucky that you got to keep all your records, the name, and stuff like that. Even if there was a legal mm-hmm. battle over it, there was you still got to keep it, and Art was more than happy. So you get to keep. So we didn't get to keep any of our shit. Like the Baltimore Colts records are now Indianapolis Colts records. Um, so I thought it was funny that it happened to us, and then it happened to the Cleveland Browns. And so I do feel for Browns fans because I know the feeling. I know exactly what you went through and how hard it was. But then you guys also got to keep your records, and you got a new team within like five or six years or something like that, like pretty quickly. But yeah, it was a long five years. It was a long five years, though. No, uh, I, I bet. I bet. And and like, like you said, Ohio is such a big sports mm-hmm. state, like football. I'm like, when you, when, I'm like when you think about it football-wise, I mean, we got – we have two football teams here in mm-hmm. the state of Ohio. You know, we got the Bengals and we got the Browns. And we got, you know, collegiate-wise, a lot of great college teams that are situated in the state. So, yeah, I'm like, but 20 years later, now we're back. Now they're yeah. back. 
Isn't that crazy how everything kind of comes full circle and the Browns are back, the Ravens are doing well, you know, the Colts are doing well. I love, dude. Colts are doing all right. They've been going all right for a while, really. Yes. I'll tell you what, Phillip Rivers is a beast. Dude, he's one of my favorite (laughs) players ever, ever. I love him. I don't know what, what what juice he drinks but i swear we're working off a working off a turf toe or whatever for the last six games is just insane he's just he, that guy has gotten better as the as literally this season has gone on i just like i just love how like he never cusses but yet he's so animated and he talks so much shit but never cusses mm-hmm. it's so crazy how he can talk so much shit to people and just it's mm. like it's funny if you could just sit there and watch some of his recorded videos yes. where he's just like yelling it's yeah. like sometimes you don't even know what he's saying. <laughs> Back in the day, you uh, a lot of people these days uh, kind of give Adam Sandler some shit because, you know, he kind of plays the same character in a lot of his movies. He always has that yeah. like, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I just the saw something. Yeah, I just saw something where they're, uh, pr- they're in works for, to start production for Billy Madison 2. Now, oh, <laughs> I one hand, I'm super excited because I, I thought it was one of his best movies ever. And then two, I feel like they're just gonna ruin it. They're just gonna ruin. Like if Chris That's Farley kind of can't a, be in the second one, I don't even yeah. want to see it. Yeah. You know? Well, they'll probably use his brother then at that point. But for the sake of bringing that movie back, like, man, that's been a long. That movie was made in what the late '90s, early '90s. I was gonna say maybe even early '90s, maybe even like '94 or something like that. '95. Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably around there. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Old, good old Billy Madison. I'm like, what would the storyline be now? At Damn. 1995. Wow. So it was 95. You're talking about a good 25 years from then. But it's like, so 25 years later, would Billy Madison have a family? (laughs) Yeah. Like what is going, is his kid going to be the new Billy Madison? Like where does the story pick up? It's like, they're all just hanging out at the pool still and just drink beer. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy. <laughs> I had to throw that in there real quick. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. And then him going, that is correct. And like Chris Farley taking off his shirt and stuff. <laughs> So I said, there's a lot of good there's a lot of good movies and like remakes coming back out again too so there really is um what did i just see i feel like i just saw something that was a remake that actually turned out to be oh good. maybe which maybe that movie witches because i was i just saw that on tv or that movie just came out that, and might that, have that been movie it. witches you remember that movie from back in like i don't remember when that movie yeah that was, was a long time made, ago. But it was like the early 90s or something like that but the witches that turned all the little kids into mice they, oh they yeah yes yes so they yeah. just remade that movie and just put it back out with like i can't remember who the actress is in it but um should check it out it's kind of creepy for for a new children's modern movie <laughs> it's weird some of the cartoons that i used to watch on nickelodeon other things like ren and stimpy or just even like different things how like you couldn't ne- they like cartoons these days you could never play them it's too like like people are too pc so mm-hmm. like if rated, yeah like you'll get cancel cult- cultured if you you know like a lot of the com- the comedy stuff I used to watch y- you could never play that on TV anymore you know it'd be yeah, great if they re-released uh, Ren and Stimpy oh, that'd be yeah that'd be gnarly just think of 
the education that children are to get from Ren Hoke. <laughs> you, you know another show that's coming back out to Disney Plus. Do you remember Dinosaurs? Not the Mama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like not the Mama. Uh, they're Green it's coming. It's coming back. So I'm super excited for that too. That used to scare me too. That used to be a scary kind of show. I don't know why <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah. yeah, I always thought that one's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it was pretty. Fun. I've been watching the Community lately. Yeah, like, like been, I've been binging the Community. Like I never, I've never, I never saw it. And then um, we had to do a quarantine in December, in like ten days in quarantine. And I was sitting there looking at Netflix, and I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh goodness sakes, what? And uh, and I just couldn't decide on anything, so I was like, oh, I don't even never, I don't think I'd ever even heard of it. And I was like, I'm just gonna hit play on this thing, and that that shit's hilarious. Like that's oh, yeah. like one of my favorite shows. Like the whole family's into it now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you you've ever watched that, but that shit's funny, man. Mm-hmm. I, I go back and I'll watch some that I wasn't into when that like Community and stuff. I didn't watch it while I was mm-hmm. on. I've seen episodes here and there, but now, like you said, I've gone back and binged it, and then you realize how many different comedians or other people are in different shows that you didn't realize oh, yeah. that are like bigger stars now. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Pretty wild. But it was a good show, man. I, I was like literally still watching it, like still, like I'm, like season four now. <laughs> oh yeah. How many seasons? Probably like seven or eight seasons, right? I don't really know, honestly. I, I, yeah. I, I don't remember what we were looking at. I think it was like five or six or something like that. Okay. Hey, uh, while we're on entertainment news, have you guys been watching the Cobra Kai? My old yeah. man was just sitting in here watching it, and I walked in on him two or three nights ago, and he looks <laughs> over at me and goes, you really need to watch this. He's like, this is really good. And I looked over at the TV screen trying to figure out what he's talking about, and I saw Danny LaRusso, and I was like, <laughs> he's watching Cobra Kai. <laughs> oh, man, it's like perfectly cheesy yes like perfectly like they're obviously not taking it serious but it's like almost serious enough to take it serious yes (laughs) well it's funny i literally over this weekend they had literally just played karate kid one and two so i just watched karate kid part one and two this weekend yeah that was not a coincidence sir yes not a coincidence that's how they get us that's how they get us um, remember karate? I did the uh, did yeah, the Chinese guy did he die? Yeah, he yeah, uh, so he, he couldn't be in it. Because I guarantee they yeah, would have had him, away. right? Yeah. yeah, they dedicated yeah. like in the first episode they did a dedication out oh. I think it was in the first episode. Man, Mr. Miyagi. Mm-hmm. Wax on, He's wax still a major off. part of the show though. He is. He's the big part. And ha- uh another show I've been getting into because of COVID and stuff. Have you watched Doom Patrol? No, I haven't. No. Seen that one. If you haven't, go watch it. I'm telling so it's basically it's DC and it's um it's oh, a DC uh show. It has Brendan Fraser in it, has Matt Boomer in it. And it's basically um if you've ever seen like the Flash and stuff, they have Cyborg, the mm-hmm. guy with the, mm-hmm. the the dad works, the black guy with the uh Yeah. So he's in that show. They have someone else playing him, not the guy from the CW shows, but they have another guy, and he's kind of like the leader. And basically, it's a bunch of misfits. Like it's a, it's like all the non the ones that have superpowers, but they're horrible superheroes. You know, they're like bad. Yeah, horrible powers, like pointless powers. Yeah, like the one she's called the Beekeeper, but her superpower is that she turns into this blob. Like her, she has, she's really worthless. Like she, I don't think she ever really saves anyone. They have another one who has like 64 split personalities and each personality has their own superpower. 
So Oh, that's pretty that's pretty rad. Yeah, so like they'll be in the middle of a fight and then another personality will take over and like run away because they're scared. They're like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" They'll run away and like totally leave them hanging. So, it's a great show, really well written. Um it's it, so if you get a chance, uh watch some of that stuff. Um Yeah, and I said on COVID time for myself, I think I've been doing a lot of video game playing. So, for everybody that's out there in the real world, I know Russ started up with a group of people playing like Call of Duty and Modern Warfare stuff like that. I thought about starting up a Twitch page where I was going to cuz I literally I'm on video games, Russ knows this. Sometimes I'm playing these video games from like I'll start at 9 p.m. Sometimes I'm not off these things till like six in the morning, Jeez. just because you get bored and over COVID time, it's like, you know, you get your work done. What are you gonna do? Then you start linking in with people and start conversating with them over. I met a lot of good people over this COVID time frames playing video games. So, have said, you linked up with up Nick? A, I, you know what? I, I thought about it. I hadn't yet. I I've noticed that Donald and them put their tags out there for the PlayStation, and I thought about jumping in and sending them a shout. And uh, seeing about, you know, joining in on a group mm-hmm. and starting stuff up with that, you know, Call of Duty. I play a lot of Assassin's Creed and stuff like that right now. So trying to get into more of these group games through uh, cross compatibilities because a lot of people don't have PlayStation. So right. most people have Xboxes too. But I've noticed that and I think it's a super cool idea that more people start getting more involved with these uh, group session video game plays mm-hmm. because it's like if you really want to connect in if any of these guys like say russ myself or even donald sake and nick always putting out their tag names it's like man i'd take advantage of that because it for one you're playing two it's fun and three man if you have a headset you're on there just talking to everybody mm-hmm. so um so i've done a lot of that over covid it's kept the monotony down but also we've met a lot of the good people so uh new year's happy new year's to you guys i keep forgetting because i'm not a big new year's yeah, guy new year's well. yeah yeah uh, do you guys have any New Year's resolutions in general, or is that something you think? I I don't personally necessarily do resolutions because to me the new the new year new me thing is kind of silly, you know. But at the same time, I, I think it is good to kind of re reset to a degree and and, and start mm-hmm. the new year off fresh. Russ, I know you're doing uh, a new running kind of a thing uh, yeah, to well, raise yeah, money. Yeah. Uh, here's there's a kind of a funny story that comes in with this one. Like a lot of people, it's a it's a uh, yeah, I'm I'm walking 100 miles in January uh, to help raise like money for cancer uh, research. Mm-hmm. So the American Cancer Society donations I'm taking to do that. But the um, really the whole thing of how it came about. Now I really do love to do charitable things, and I really like it's, it's one of my uh, one of my biggest goals in life is to be like a good philanthropist. Like you know, it's, like, always been, it has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. So anytime I get a chance to help out, I'll help out. And sometimes I'll commit to things. Uh, and, and you know, I, I always, if I'm going to commit, I'm going to get into it and do it. But this one right here is kind of funny because, uh, I got sent kind of an invite to commit to it and, and I didn't commit to it. I actually was like, I want to think about this before I say, yes, I'm going to walk a hundred miles in January. I don't know if I'm in shape for this. I don't know <laughs> if it's the greatest idea. I don't know if right. I'm going to find time and blah, 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 excuse, excuse. Right. Mm-hmm. But I had filled out some of the, some of the, uh, paperwork to it or whatever, digital paperwork. And it automatically launched on my Facebook page without me committing to it. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I didn't think I was like, well, maybe this isn't a big deal. I'll just delete it. And, uh, you know, and, but before I could delete it, there was a hundred dollars raised and it was wow. shared out by the fan base and like, Oh, look at Russ. He's such a great guy. He's going to, he's going to walk a hundred miles in January. And I was like, Oh Jesus. 
I was like, yep, yep, I am. <laughs> so, so it, was, it was like one of those kind of accidents. But, you know, it's I know that it would be good. It's going to be good for me as like to get me in a habit of, of being physically active every day now that I've, you know, I don't have like the shows, uh, you know, the shows uh, we stay pretty active. I'll work up a pretty damn good sweat at a show. Oh, yeah. So I, I needed I needed that motivation. So like now it's like put the pressure on. So I'll, without a doubt, I'm going to reach the goal. I'm, I'm only three days into my into my work right now. And I'm like, uh, uh about 12 miles in that's great out of the hundred so so getting at and you know i was just i was just uh walking this morning uh, whenever uh you know before we started this show i'd put like three and a half miles in this morning so like you know but it's, it's good you know it's it's uh at first their first goal was 200 bucks i reached that goal before i took my first step and then wow. now i got another 500 dollars goal and we're just about at the 500 dollars mark now i think i'm about 100 dollars behind on the 500 dollars mark but we're gonna keep uh you know just keep keep doing that thing keep walking and and tribute to uh, to uh, my friends and family and, and other people's friends and family uh, who have been fighting this war against cancer and you know and you know that's that's what it's all about that's what it's all about is really just to be like well this is the very least I could do and you know, I'm gonna stay healthy like I said that whole thing that he's doing with that with the cancer society I mean that's all of us got to pay minds and stay healthy through it also if you go back to the mind over matter and russ knows we're all going out with this goes into his cancer stuff and the whole cancer society as well and it goes to you as well josh so you know much much love and keep your mom and your pops like you know above the water mentally mm -hmm. and and strongly and, you know, and this you know i'm gonna throw a big shout out to our boy brian out there too brian schwartz yeah hang in there mm -hmm. man because he's also another one that has dealt and is dealing so with this whole cancer thing and i say it enough because you know if you look at mind over matter the music video that we just released and that is the latest release that did go out um over october into november so you know the biggest thing you know you look through mind over matter my mom plays a part in that video for a particular reason you know it pays homage back to her but also pays homage to the people that are out here fighting cancer because my you know unfortunately my mom lost her battle back in September of 2019. And she was a strong advocate for us, myself, the band, the music, for everybody that would come around. Anybody who, you know, played a part in the music scene around us, she was taking care of them. The biggest thing is, is you gotta keep a positive mind, a strong heart, and the will to just know that every day is, you know, every day can be the last, but every day can also be a new day. So when you look at that music video, that pays homage back to, not just her, but everybody who is dealing with this particular disease. And, you know, and, and like I said, in the picture of her is of her when she was battling, you know, her cancer through the last month or two before she passed away. So fortunately enough, I'm glad, very fortunate that we were able to put that picture out, not in just kudos for her, but in kudos for every woman, man, child, anybody who's out there, mm -hmm. you just keep fighting and keep a positive mind. The mind is a stronger piece than the whole human body. So it's just fight the fight, keep a smile, and try to keep the spirit as best as you can. So I throw that back to you, Josh, you know, back to your parents. So keep them in that ball game and keep them, For sure. you know, keep that spirit strong to them. But, yeah, like I said, that you just got to stay healthy these days. You can, like, go outside, step on a nail, and go get a, you know, you could and have to go yeah. get a tetanus shot. Mm -hmm. You never know. So, yep. Yeah, so I think that's great, and I will get uh, send over that donation after the show. Uh, so I guess we'll go into a little bit of a lighter topic, too. I don't know. 
So I'm I'm going to start a blog on this uh, on on the channel too, just to get you know maybe it might not be episodes, but maybe at least it'll be like five to ten minute clips of different things I'm doing. And something that's been coming up recently is uh, guys have been taking instead of doing steroids, they're taking sex drugs, which apparently helps them in the gym. And there, uh, have you guys ever thought about <laughs> taking uh, a sex drug to help you in the gym? <laughs> yeah, you know what. I know, not sex drugs it, anything, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I got, I've got enough libido the way it is, man. Yeah. <laughs> and what's weird to me is like, okay, well, I, I get the premise of the getting the blood flow and stuff like that, and that's what kind of gives you the energy. I, I get the kind of premise of it, but like, what if you? I mean, I don't know. If I if I took one of those and went in an hour later and I'm running next to a hot chick, like, I'm I. I Am I gonna pop a boner? Like you know, I, I just don't know. So I just think it's it's like the weirdest thing to that, take. Like it doesn't matter who you're running next to. You might be sending the wrong signal. It might be Chris running next to you. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Like really passionate about that boner that you have because yeah. you're really sweating it out. And yeah. Chris is like I knew it, and I like this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make the move. I'm gonna reach over. I'm gonna grab Josh's butt. I'm gonna see what where it's gonna go. And that's that's how I imagine uh, you guys in gym. It's after like Josh has had my thought seconds. process. My thought process <laughs> of all this though is why are you why why are dudes or lady whatever why are guys take eating these pills and going and working out like what? It's like so what weird. is? I, I didn't even know that was a thing until right now. Dude, it's yeah. it kind of makes me. That's like I'm similar. A, I might have myself a hard walk later if you know what I'm talking. Yeah. About. Hey, Russ, is that? <laughs> hey, Russ, would that be similar? With is that similar to like taking the belt to your throat and like jerking yourself off, walking yourself out? out for it? Yeah, the yeah. asphyxiation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't get the whole grace. You know, it's funny. Like you can't say anything sexual about a woman without getting cancel cultured, but. It's okay for women to like sex sexualize men all the time and like talk about their their bulges and the gray sweatpants and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. It's kind of weird how that yep, works. That's, that's the that's the world we live in. I always you know, I always tell Russ about his tight jeans. Yeah. Yep, he likes them. Yeah. He likes them a lot. Well, I'm not the one standing now, in front of you, so I don't know what's being I don't know what's being boner pills now so that Chris and I can uh You guys think, should definitely play on stage so. like that. Take yeah, that. I'll look over to my I'll look over to my left and be like, dude, put it away, bro. And he'll be like, What are you talking about? This helps us play better. We gotta take those sex drugs. Right. <laughs> I recently we'll wrap this up because I know you gotta go uh pick up your kid uh from school and stuff like that. Uh but I got yep. a couple more things here. Um I I'm not a big fan of those YouTube, like everyone and their mom now is a public figure or some, you know, pro, you know, everyone's a pro at something, even though they're not like they got 30,000 yeah. followers and suddenly they're, you know, they're a professional. But I was watching uh, a clip came up with uh, the Paul brothers, Jake Paul and uh, Logan mm -hmm. Paul. And I think they're big douchebags, but I, I don't hate though. I'm not hating on them because they make millions of dollars and they're so good at trolling. They're, the kings of trolling to get attention and to make people watch their stuff. So I got so much respect from that, but he recently went and spent $250,000 and was able to get one of those Charizard Pokemon cards from like a collector. 
and it was one of the most expensive ones ever. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know exactly what the fuck. Did you're you talking see about. that? And so I'm gonna. I got. I got an opinion, not to him, to that, but I got an opinion to these like card collectors and shit out here. So go, go ahead. ahead. I'll, I'll well, okay, yeah. Well, I was gonna say, do you guys have anything from your childhood that might be worth something? Like I went down and I have some Nintendo games and I have like. Um, a lot of I don't have Pokemon. It was I was too old for Pokemon, but I did get into Magic cards, and apparently Magic cards still have some value. Oh yeah, so it's interesting that you just brought all this up. So COVID time for me, this is what I've also been doing on COVID time, and Russ knows this. So I spent a lot of time from March to now going and buying like comic books and you know these Funko Pops and you know all these you know even baseball cards and garbage pail kid cards, all that stuff, right? And so over the time frames of the last six months, and I'm, I get a heated debate about this because I got a couple of friends who are in the card business, like mm-hmm. baseball cards and stuff. You can't go out here in the real world and even buy a pack of cards at any store right now. So yeah. this goes back to guys like Jake Paul and stuff like that. And even like, you know, Mark Wahlberg and their family and stuff like that. And just, I'm going to call people out or anything. But yeah, a lot of people got the, the money, but they're also going out here buying these high-end cards. And then they're like putting them on social media, like, hey, check this out. I just bought this. It's like, man, so you got all these people who actually like to, I'm not saying they don't like to collect cards or anything, but there's people out there that, that appreciate going out and buying a pack of cards, mm. whatever, regardless of what it is. Mm-hmm. And the people that have the money buy out Panini and stuff like that immediately. So there's yeah. nothing left for anybody to go out and buy any cards. So it's like, okay, cool. It's, it's, it's cool that you bought that $250,000 Pokemon card, but it'd be even cooler if somebody had just had found it or you know right uh, my my whole main point is is it's the collecting the collector's edition of what's going on now everything is high sought you can't even walk into a walmart or anything go buy a gi joe toy because that's you know the people are going in and buying all of that stuff up then taking it back on social or social whatever and selling it for like 20 times more than what anything is worth which it's it's been insane so i've seen a lot of that lately so Pokemon cards, Yo-Gi-Yo cards, Garbage Pail Kid cards, mm-hmm. any Panini top sports card. You can't go into a store and buy any of these things right now. That's no. their yeah, your, your point of the whole, like, back in the day was you would go buy the pack and then you would get lucky if you found mm-hmm. one and that's how you would get mm-hmm. it. Now everyone's just spending top dollar to just go buy that one card and it kind of loses the the fun of it or the purpose of, of collecting and, and being a collector. Nostalgia. Yeah. I, you know, that's funny. I never thought about that. That's a great, great point. Um, it's but- been getting rough. Like, like I said, these whole, this whole collector's thing with everybody right now, even like, you know, like even things that are coming up. So, you know, those tops, uh, the tops cards that are being made for the bands and stuff like that. Right. right? I saw that. Yeah. Even at some point in time, I'm going to be honest, God, those tops cards down the line, those are going to be worth something. So getting your hands on those will probably be like, whoever's making them, keep making them. Because those are going to become a, you know what I mean? They're going to become something everybody's going to, you know, be sought for. Yeah. So, Do you guys have anything a, that uh, might be valuable left over from a kid or is it all ruined? Like all my shit's probably not gradable, you know, like even if I had a good card. Well, you have um, Nintendo. I was going to say you have Nintendo games, though, too. You can go and get those graded. Yeah. They're pretty dusty, though. I don't even know if they work. They've been sitting in a box downstairs for like 30 years or whatever. When it comes to things from my childhood, I don't really have anything that's like worth value wise. Mm-hmm. Um, like I pretty much got rid of all my all of my baseball cards and all that kind of stuff. But I do have a my pet monster. And if you know what a my pet monster is, 
It's like a random, uh, uh, random kind of like stuffed animal monster thing that was really big back in the '80s, and that's probably like the one iconic thing that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, but I'm sure that's not worth any money. You know what I mean? Right now, it like guards Taylor's door, so like so ghosts don't <laughs> sneak in his room. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's cute. I'm like for my, for my sake, I would just have to say any X Men marvel toy that you could have possibly oh, yeah. owned back between 88 and or 92 i still have a few of those along with a couple of gi joe toys loose figured toys from like the early 80s so i know i have like an I old school have. wolverine or x-men stuff like that for sure so last thing because i do like to talk it's my favorite thing to talk about i'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist but i definitely love history I definitely believe there were ancient civilizations and other things out there that we as humans still don't grasp that might be more advanced. Like they might not have had computers, but they still had different tech that was more advanced than what we had or whatever the case is. But uh, I thought this was interesting that the Pentagon officially launched a new task force to investigate. So they used to have the, the blue book group or whatever, or the 12 that back in the 80s or whenever that got together and did this and then they quote unquote disbanded it. But what I find interesting is that even though there probably has been that going on behind the scenes, they're actually now making a force public. Like there is actually a public group that is sent to discover that. The fact that we've gotten this far and the over the last four years, there have been, you know, the Pentagon releasing the videos, other Tom DeLong being right the whole time and, you know, actually having legit connections within the government to kind of bring this out into the open. How long do you think it's going to be till they just tell us? They're just like, okay, there is a galactic federation, and unfortunately, right now, we're not at the place that they feel we're worthy to be in it because we're so small-minded and so consumed with ourselves until the humans actually reach a place of enlightenment and, and figure it out that, you know, the world is much bigger than just social media and stuff. Um. Yeah, when do you think it's do you do I I think it's coming soon. I think within the next 10 years they're going to pretty much tell us everything they know. Yeah, I would I say it's you, coming soon. In, in my in my opinion of that, I would think that even if there are like some advanced uh uh life forms out there and they're doing their thing, I would think that uh you know, maybe this is just me being an arrogant human being. But I would think that they would they wouldn't be perfect animals, and there's a good chance that they they probably would have slipped and, and been seen by now by somebody that's not getting like brain brain erased by a, by a government person that knows that they saw something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of weird. My mom my mom is is a really into uh, into all that and believes into that very heavily, and like my step my stepdad and stuff, and and they they follow a lot of the governments, and that's my stepdad was talking earlier this year whenever. He's like, oh, there's just talking about just like you're talking about where they where they're coming out and saying a little bit more about it. To me, like I think that we've really dreamed up something that we we can't believe really, in the um as in like uh, whatever whatever uh, uh if there's a, if there's a, another life form out there or whatever, chances are like we can't we've not even thought about what that it would actually look like. You yeah, know it could I mean? just be like an amoeba. In our minds, in our minds, we've kind of humanoided them. We've we've put them on like two arms and two legs and. A big bubble head, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, but like, it's hard telling, you know. How do we know? Maybe, maybe snails are aliens. I mean, if you think about the, all the different galaxies, it wouldn't be that far fetched to no. think that there might even be other people that look just like us, it, because they probably have the same properties on that planet, you know. 
Absolutely. I will say, you know, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, I had a moment in time where we were, you know, I would, I don't tell the story much, but the I don't know if you have, yeah, you know, like if you ever say of anything unexplained, I'm like, man, I saw some crazy shit one time. It was like two in the afternoon. I'm not even bullshitting. Yeah. And I was with like two or three different guys in my car and I had to stop my car and get out of the car. And literally all of us got out of the car. And this is back in like the late nineties when like, you know, phones didn't have, fucking cameras on them you know what i mean so i wish at the time i would have been able to just been like what is this but man i looked up in the sky dude and i saw this thing it was literally just it looked like a square it it literally looked like a ship i'm not bullshitting i could see it and it was like a square triangle looking thing and it just sat in the horizon and it just sat it sat there for a second right but i never saw like i said dude i never watched something move so quick in my life than i watched this thing move I, I'm not even talking like watching it move through the sky. It went from like one point and then showed up here, but you could still see that it was a ship. Like you could literally see it wasn't like a little, it wasn't like a flying saucer that everybody was talking about or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was literally like a triangle looking like ship in the sky, just floating there. And I, I, like I said, to this day, I don't tell the story, but I saw real. that stuff at two two o'clock in the in the afternoon playing his day so you know i believe that there's definitely things out there so at so least more advanced ever... tech that we don't know about you know mm-hmm. at the least you know if it might not be oh, aliens sure. running around in ships but we definitely have something out there well listen i know exactly. you got yeah i know you got to go uh pick up your kid and stuff like that and yep. uh your time is precious but i want to thank you guys so much for coming on i had a blast catching up with you you're one of my favorite people. I always support good people. And, you know, with this podcast, I don't try to get the biggest guests to do. I want to get my friends out there. I want to get good people out there. And you guys have always been uh, one of my favorites. So I really appreciate you coming on and uh, taking the time. Oh, yeah, same dude. to you as well, man. Definitely awesome. same to you. We're definitely going to have to see you sooner than later and get together. And I have finally, a f- when the world brings us back through, we can, uh, we can parlay one of these Yeah. Well, you know, you always have a place to stay anytime you're in town. We can do uh, a podcast in person, but I have a feeling 2021 is going to be big for a lot of us. A lot of the people that have been grinding and uh, putting in the time over the last couple of years. So um, best to you guys and we'll talk soon. Yeah, most definitely, man. You too. Much love. Thanks.